On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to dive into our mailbag and answer some of your off-season mail, some trade possibilities, Brian. How fun. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Hey, if you want to get a subscription to The Athletic, go to TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. $1 a month for a set period of time. It's different for each person, but you can get in at just a buck. It could be up for the first month. It could be for the first three months. It could be for six months. It just depends. It's a roulette. Of opportunity here at the athletic theathletic.com slash glue guys that's all you have to do and you get it's a dollar just try it out it's a dollar a dollar you spent you spent six dollars on a pumpkin latte this morning what's a dollar god hey mike how's it going i was craving a pumpkin latte you do can't even bring it up to me i every fiber in my beam i didn't know this about you but i i you know that that's not surprising (laughs) on on any level (laughs) that's that's on brand um hey Fun show today. Thank you, everyone, for contributing to our beautiful mailbox. If you want to be part of this show, netspod at gmail.com. Uh, the Nets are the most exciting team that isn't playing basketball at this very moment, and we can feel your enthusiasm coming through our Gmail box. Brian. Like, you watching those playoff games? Absolutely. So exciting. We're recording this right now at 2.43 p.m. Tuesday, September Big 15th. Big game tonight. It's, ex- it's exciting. There's a tangible excitement in the air. How about how about Pat Riley's Heat? <laughs> heat team. Heats. Okay, how how real do you take it? Like how like so we all talked about the Asterisk Championship before the bubble even began. And I feel like the Asterisk Now, now I'm leaning into it so much harder than before. Right? Know, these Yeah, of course. So do you do you give this credit like I I've been doing a lot of Knicks research as some of you may know, and the Knicks made the finals as an 8th seed in the strike shortened season in 1999. Hmm. Right, and they lost in the fi- they lost against the San Antonio Spurs uh, in five games. Uh, very sad, very sad time that that happened. So I'm not talking about asterisks here, but does it feel real? Like, does this Heat accomplishment just getting to the Eastern Conference Finals is that real? It'll depend entirely on what if the Heat actually you know pull a, a championship out of their ass. Because if they do, like credit to them. If Boston somehow does it, asterisks. You get an asterisk. You know, it's really just about my personal prejudices. <laughs> that's that's what the fun of an asterisk. You know, it's my asterisk. I will say, it's so it's funny. I tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago on at BK Glue Guys Twitter account. Very promo-y today. Um, yeah, you've been. But I, but I said if the Nets if the season started on Christmas Day, which it's rumored to that is when this next season is going to begin. I think the Nets would be one of the opening teams on Christmas Day. Who would you want to see the Nets play? And Boston was the overwhelming answer. Mm. Now, I think it's probably good. I think it would still probably be the Knicks from like Battle of New York. Uh, the Knicks are probably going to have Chris Paul at that point. So it's Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. That's a pretty compelling matchup. Um, Tibbs versus <laughs> Steve Nash, the defensive genius against the offensive mm. genius. And also, like, I do want to say this, the epicenter for the, you know, COVID-19 crisis pandemic 
began in New York and it would be something if opening uh, tip of closure, a sense of closure of the openings. If, if maybe fans are kind of in the stands for that game, <laughs> you heard it, you heard it, you heard it here like first people. Fans. There it is. Mike breaking news. Um, I think it would, if that happens, if they allow people, you're going to come back up, come back up to the Cite. Come on, you gotta get back. You're, <laughs> I'm so terrified. What do you got going on on Christmas? You got nothing going on on Christmas. I know. Right. You want to know a know. secret? Cannot tell what? my in-laws this. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, when uh, you can't trust me, I, I'm no good. Actually, I don't I'll know if I should even say this. this. I may get quarantined, but I had when Sam and I were at the lake. My wife's family has a, a house in upstate New York, on a lake, and it's an eight-hour drive from where I now live outside D.C. In between that drive is New York City. Oh. Like my wife's saying, don't say this. We we took a stop. We sure. drove in through the tunnel. We yeah. went came Why not? Got, we got some dumplings and some donuts. <clears throat> Come on. And got out of there. You're supposed to what you're at a slice. I, go, I live here. What are you talking about? I know. That's <laughs> why I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I, I live well no, not that. Oh, okay. I mean that doesn't bother me. No, it's just that like the idea that it's just like you can't go into the city at all because it's some pandemic wasteland. Escape from New York. Yeah. It was it's nice out here. It's actually you know, I hate to say it, but twenty percent less people, kind of sweet. Yeah, kind of kind of sweet. That is like yeah. that is the nice yeah. cushy spot because yeah, obviously the population in New York makes it great because then you have you're mm-hmm. teeming with restaurants and bars because it supports that amount of people. But when you like in the summer of New York, yeah. when people are out, amazing place to be, <laughs> dude. It's like I mean, with twenty especially in my in the neighborhood in the Cobble Hill area where like Smith Street is, it's all wooden everything out there. And now, like, the 20% people that left were all the French people anyways, you know, so they just went back to France or whatever, you know, whenever <laughs> they did. What are you talking about? There's... They're French. They're French. Okay. And uh, and so it's all townies left over, and with all the, like, the wooden bar stools everywhere, it's like it's like Deadwood. I live, It feels like I'm living in Deadwood. The townies, great. The townies of Cobble Hill. <laughs> Dude, there is a townie contingent that has hung around Cobble Hill successfully and now have, have taken back the... The neighborhood it's great it, it's those like the sanitation workers whose great grandfathers had owned the the cobblestone it's, yeah it's basically italian guys and and gals that are like in their <laughs> 60s to 80s <laughs> that that uh act like they're still in their like you know 20s and 30s great vibes nets opening season if they open the season on christmas day the most popular choice was the celtics knicks were up there warriors were up there i hadn't even thought about the warriors to be honest and it makes sense of course, to me, I think they maybe they wait for the Warriors for that to be a road game. But if there's no fans, the, the compellingness of KD coming back to the Bay with no fans, like that's not going to be as exciting as it would be. Is there is there a matchup that you were eager to see immediately? Like the moment that basketball begins, you want to actually see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving go against this team. For me, I guess it's Boston. If Boston ends up winning the championship or ends up going like whoever, basically, if if it's Miami or Boston, obviously winning would be one of those two teams. But if one of those two teams wins the championship, I would want the Nets to open up the season against one of the. I want to like make a statement early on and be like, the Nets are actually the most talented team in the East, not you. Miami, who's your your third best player is Jay Crowder. <laughs> an amazing yeah, you, you got the asterisks. You've been blessed by the asterisks of the bubble. Um, yeah, I mean, I, well, because we're like we've been so far removed from the hyper competitiveness of of late playoff basketball, I think it's probably putting the cart ahead of the horse to just be like, yeah, let's go up against Boston game one, whatever. <laughs> I mean, getting a, getting a, somebody said on uh, Twitter, getting a tune up against 
uh, the Knicks isn't the worst thing, um, which yes. I think is a fun idea. <laughs> um, That's fair. Especially calling it a tune-up. So for practical purposes, I, I guess I'm going with like teams like that. But I don't know. There's like a weird little like Raptors. We've played a, the Raptors a bunch, and they're like sort of a middle to – I mean, not middle. Like they're in the higher echelon of, of Eastern Conference teams. And I guess like – but depending on what happens in this offseason, may may trend up or down. Hard to know. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm done with – with the Raptors, you're done with I the moved Raptors. on from the Raptors. <laughs> All right, fine. And, and, get out of here. and we'll get into this into our next episode, which will be dropping on Thursday, which is titled "The Levert Line," and I'll explain it here. So it, it's a tease. The Levert Line is Brian and I's uh, diagnosis of would you trade Karis Levert for this player, right? And we're only really doing players who are maybe kind of sort of available to very available. So Giannis is on the list. I put Pascal Siakam on the list. I think generally, I do think the Raptors could be in just blow it up mode at this point, particularly if Fred Van Vliet decides to leave for greener pastures. But before we get there, today's episode is all about you, the listeners, all about you. And we appreciate everyone who sent an email. And before we get going, I want to give a special shout out to one particular listener who emailed us on May 1st of 2020. We've talked about him before on the show, Hal Hodes. I hope is, I mean, I can't imagine I'm pronouncing Hodes incorrectly, but Hal Hodes, he sent an email to us May 1st, and he outlined who would be the perfect next Nets head coach. And he had a certain criteria. There were six bullet points that his answer was Becky Hammond, but here was the answers. Spurs coaching trees. She's got chops. History with the New York Liberty, which obviously Nash doesn't have. Future Hall of Fame point guard. Both the superstar and the scrappy upstart in a splashy PR move. Our man Hal Hodes on May 1st essentially nailed Steve Nash being the head coach, except said it was Becky Hammond. But you look at that criteria, besides the New York Liberty thing, Steve Nash is all of those things. He was scrappy, but yet a superstar. Certainly splashy. The Nets are riding the Steve Nash wave as we speak. They're currently on one of those Portuguese waves that are 120 feet tall. And yeah, there's just you that little thing on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. How, how much fun was that part? And then how not fun was the skier part? He's just waiting for the stupid weather after that follows him up. Oh, I just saw the clip of the, the, Oh, it's a whole like 90 minute thing. And they go from different like Ooh. action sport to Ooh. action sport. Okay. Really? You can check out after the first 30 minutes. Though. <laughs> <laughs> just spoiler. Alert. Um, Anytime you see just one single person on a 120-foot wave, <clears throat> I'm in. I'm in for those 60 seconds before it literally all comes crashing down. Could you imagine how much adrenaline, like, in one f- fell swoop that would be? You'd, you'd, I mean, what could, what would life look like after that, that having that, riding that dragon? Well, Brian, you know? I have <laughs> been to a movie theater and then yeah. snuck into another movie right after that. So, so you know, you know the, <laughs> the thrill. I've yeah, mainlined adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Actually, I've never done that. I'm I'm really? legit too scared oh. to do it. You got that from me. I used to do that. It's actually pretty exhausting. If you go to two movies and it's too much darkness. That's actually my, surprise. that's yeah. generally my problem. I go in, when I did live in New York, I live near uh, Chelsea Bowtie Cinemas and you could get in pre-noon ticket prices at $6. And it was always my intent to do that, then do a double feature. Exhausting. So I just crawled out of there and went to Boston Market for lunch and then crawled home. That's, <laughs> it's why it's not a realistic concern. To, like They don't do, take any steps to prevent it. It's because you do it once and you're like, oh my God, I, I need to sleep for 12 hours. Um, so shout out Hal, Hal Hodes. You nailed it. You got it 100% correct. You knew the Except criteria. For, 
yeah the criteria you just didn't know that's generous of you mike that's incredibly generous um should we keep it going please first up cherboy well i should say cherboy it's morgan malloy morgan malloy (laughs) this is a person named morgan malloy i did an irish accent allowed to sounds like a very very, I'm, i'm imagining uh morgan from Goodwill Hunting, Casey Affleck's character, as I, that's who I'm imagining <laughs> typing this. <laughs> you, know, you remember him? Yeah. I um, do remember that character. Yeah, yeah. Vividly. He's got a few, uh, he says, and he does. Um, so I'm going to skip around in this. Uh, so, first off, from Chairboy, Morgan Malai, is Do Nets Keep Temple for $5 million option decline and resign on a minimum? Um, so I've had to do a little prep for all this stuff. We dug in, I dug in deep into the Nets contract situation. This, this stuff is where it gets tricky. I saw that Wilson Chandler is likely going to be overseas in China. Did you see that little, that little news clipping? Yeah, it's strange because Alex Schiffer reported someone very close to Wilson Chandler told me this is not true. So I don't know which, what is true or false. I don't know if Wilson has weighed in publicly yet. I, th- I would think Wilson Chandler could get a job in the NBA, but maybe he's just there's probably more money to be had in China at this point. Yeah, it's an interesting one because like I've and I've really enjoyed uh, Garrett Temple's stay thus far with the Nets. So this is like and everything we're going to say here is no disrespect, right? We're just being ruthless faux GMs for for a moment. It's yes. much love to everybody, right, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Um, but so yeah, so the five million dollar price tag going into next season is a bit rich for that kind of output. I'll say that. Does that feel true to you? Yeah, I actually think Garrett Temple's probably gone. Yeah. Um, just because, so the reason why $5 million is too much is because if the team is really going to actually sign Joe Harris and Joe Harris is the priority, Harris is going to yeah. make $10 million plus per year. I think that's conservative. Right. Like 10 is conservative and I could go see could go higher. I, yeah, I think it's 12 to 13, 14 if he – I mean, honestly, I think like somebody would do it for upwards of 15 to 17. Well, and, um, and if I'm like a bad team, like only the bad teams have cap space. Like even look at the Knicks, right? Like if you're the Knicks, one thing – I don't know how much they even feel like they want to compete with the Nets on like a, a contract per contract or player per player basis. The Knicks could really use a Joe Harris. Um the Atlanta Hawks, though they have a ton of shooting, they need veterans and could really use someone like Joe Harris on their team who has been in playoff series, good guy, and then he would fit pretty nicely along with Trey Young. So I think there's going to be a pretty big market for Joe Harris. And if you're going to pay Joe Harris, let's say $13 million a year, and what $13 million turns into with the tax is like $20 million down the road per year because of how much you're paying in salary tax and penalty. $5 million for, for Garrett Temple turns into like $7 million per year with the tax. And as much as we all love Garrett Temple and he seems to be a completely steadying presence, I kind of just see a future where they decide, all right, well, we have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. We still have Torian Prince, unfortunately. There's just not a, a need if I'm if I'm Sean Marks and I'm going to bat for Joe Harris and saying we J- Joe, please put up all this money for Joe Harris. Then I have to give a little bit and say, OK, but here's how we'll save money. We'll get rid of Garrett Temple because it doesn't cost us any money to do so. And we'll sign a minimum guy. And then, you know, that minimum person will give you 80 percent of Garrett Temple. 
at least production on the floor. I think Garrett Temple may be done. The only thing I'll say as a word of caution, Brian, mm, the, please. June 30th, 2019, four players were signed by the Nets. DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple was signed that first day to be a Brooklyn Net. It was a decision, a strong decision by Marks to bring in Garrett Temple immediately onto that team. So there may be like a tremendous amount of love for GT in the team. And he's, you know, a great spokesperson for, for the team. He seems to be Bradley Beal. And this is a component I should have said. Bradley Beal called Garrett Temple the best teammate he's ever had. Now, Washington hasn't had like a lot of great teammates over the years. So that's not like a. There's been some good guys. Through there. There's been okay guys. Yeah, not some okay not, guys. Legendarily, before Beal got there, it was a bad locker room. It's been Great okay talks. before. Um, Guns drawn over poker games. It was like Deadwood there as well. So maybe maybe you say to Josiah, hey, let's pay the extra money for Garrett Temple right now. He's under contract. He's in the system because we believe he'll help us get Bradley Beal down the road. That's the That and the him getting signed early on. What's up, Bri? You worried about you sound? Have you heard this teen who's doing vocal lessons behind me? I'm wondering if it's getting picked up. There, this is I've had a banging on the wall. Like, shut up! What is <laughs> happening? Fight. It's a teen, teenage, I think, girl. I mean, teenage, I think, girl. Yes, and she is, <laughs> she is belting in a. I want to. It's like sort of sounds like an off-key version of the Cranberries, uh, but like contemporary pop music, <laughs> and she's super serious taking it super seriously and she sucks and i and i just want to i just want to shatter down and i and Ryan, <laughs> let her what? let her live her truth like okay all right but just know that it's possible that this is going to show up if you if you're chopping this up later could show up do are you would you be chagrined if garrett temple left uh no i wouldn't be chagrined <laughs> um <clears throat> specifically <laughs> it's, it is hard you? to think it's hard to think what's going on yeah, I mean, also not knowing exactly how much traffic coming in or out we're, we're going to experience this offseason. Um, and in general, like, it's kind of hard to know. We're talking about this a little bit before we, like, turned on turned on the show. Like, is this in general going to be an offseason in which we see a lot of transactions happening? Uh, not just, like, because of basketball stuff, but just, like, the world <laughs> being the way it is. Like, does any of this matter in an actual, like, practical trading player's way? And this is sort of like, this is way outside of the spectrum of, of Garrett Temple here, but um, there's a lot going on. And so uh, I, I'm also thinking like, this is an interesting time for like the Nets in particular. And we'll get into all this with the Karis Levert line and stuff too. But uh, it is like the time for, for like freshness, you know, in general, like we have like a, like we only had 20 some odd games of, of Kyrie Irving last year. So like we had the specter of, of Kyrie Irving, not the true experience that I think we're going to be getting next year, hopefully. Um, and so in a lot of ways, it will be like a, a, it feels like a real turnover. And I'm wondering if they don't lean into that in the off season a little bit more than we currently realize maybe. Yeah. And Gary Temple does fit in the mindset of like, if you have Kyrie Irving, you do want like a guard next to him who can kind of play defense. Not that Gary Temple's going to start, but you want a guard next to him who doesn't really need the ball, can hit threes, and will play somewhat kind of defense, right? And that's what Garrett Temple is. And Garrett Temple can handle the ball a teensy little bit. I just think if we're being cold calculated New Zealanders who run this team, we're going to think we can get Garrett Temple production out of a minimum salary. And if I'm going to convince Joe Sy to pay Joe Harris, I will also then have to say, well, here's how we save money. And the Garrett Temple's how we save money. 
Um, before we get to the next question from our boy Morgan Malloy, uh, a little message from our friends at DraftKings. It was sure nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend, Brian. It was nice. Lucky for us, that was just week one. There is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to all of the excitement of week two, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. Brian, that is right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you can cash a cool Benjamin Franklin. How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit with and withdraw your money at your convenience. Here's what you need to do. Go on your phone, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code QUICK when you sign up for this can't-miss offer. All you have to do is pick any team during week two, bet just $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code QUICK during sign-up. It's for a limited time, so let's get this going here, folks. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Morgan Malloy, next point is Dinwiddie's expiring contract and future with the Nets. A lot of speculation about players' futures in these emails, Mike, of which we can't be certain. Uh, Where do you fall on this Dinwiddie expiring contract issue? Uh, We were talking not too long ago about the fact that both Joe Harris and Karis LeVert and, and Dinwiddie are... Uh, going to get paid in different years. Dinwiddie has a player option for 2021-2022. Um, so we're in the position of having to create new contracts for these guys in staggered years. Um, does any of that play any part in what we're doing? I mean, having to look at the books that far down the line isn't super helpful. Um, in terms of basketball production, I mean, we've often talked about how Dinwiddie just improves year over year. And uh, I've learned to stop betting against Dinwiddie improving year over year. You know, I just stopped doing it and and I expect him to just continue on this exponential growth curve <laughs> and by 10 years from now uh he'll be averaging he'll be president. Like 50 he'll be the president of the United States of America or something. Yeah, I Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, right. Spencer's an interesting case because as he says on Twitter, he's constantly thrown in every trade rumor involving the Nets. So, <laughs> I think even he recognizes his there's a finality with his time in Brooklyn. We were led to believe that he was one of the people that recruited Kyrie Irving to Brooklyn in some way, right? I don't, it feels like a decade ago from when those stories were coming out, but that seemed to be kind of true that Dinwiddie was talking to Kyrie when Kyrie was in Boston and telling him, hey, Brooklyn's a place for you. We're nicer over here. They went to Harvard for like a sports business summit or something. Yeah. So it, it, I think, so it's always so hard because this team has become like the ultimate the Facebook team where like, mm-hmm. you know, pre when Facebook, when Facebook was cool, when you need a, a college email address, your tight inner circle of friends is what mattered. I guess the mm-hmm. best analogy now would be the LinkedIn team 
Yes. You can only these this team, you can only be on this team if you're connected to one of the the main featurette people on the team, which is Kyrie or Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan. And I can't figure out where Spencer now falls into that bucket. And if you're being cold calculated New Zealanders that we are, Dinwiddie would likely be in a trade if you do a trade, particularly if it doesn't involve Karis LeVert, because Dinwiddie's your second best trade asset, I think. I think he's still better than Jared Allen, because I think still more teams would want a point guard that can average you 20 and 5, which is what Dinwiddie can do for you, as opposed to Jared Allen, who's very intriguing, but is a center and really hasn't done it over a full season. He's been very impressive at times, and he's other times he's kind of disappeared, and that's just the Jared Allen experience. So... It's very interesting. Dinwiddie, to me, if I was doing the most interesting men of the offseason, behind, obviously, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Dinwiddie's almost more interesting than Karis LeVert because I think LeVert is going to enter almost into untouchable territory soon. And Dinwiddie's actually the guy that, like, if Marks is calling around to different GMs, okay, maybe we don't want a third star, but we want to recalibrate our assets in different places we're too ball handle heavy. So let's move one of those ball handlers and get defense dude in here who doesn't need the ball. Another thing to kind of be aware of too is that Spencer has a habit of betting on himself. And so he is not a sure thing to pick up that player option by any means, no matter what team he's on. 100%. Because um, he 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 does it like that. Um, but, so anyways. But when, when yeah. Does his like yeah. uh, the thing where like people can buy parts of his future, does that have any impact on him picking up a player option or is the whole is literally the whole bet of people buying his future parting to do with like he knows that he's going to get a bigger contract by declining the player option do you know what i mean like he has yeah. that going on do you know what i'm talking about i don't about? know i completely for yeah i mean i remember the the story i completely forget about the entire it, <laughs> the entire was, function of what that it thing was basically was. like yeah. you give me money now because yeah, you guarantee the contract but but it in, wasn't in, I, we in three because yeah, yeah. in three years i will give you your money plus interest back, but I get more money in, up front. He's going to, the money where he's going to get his money from is his next contract. And that's the ultimate betting on himself, right? So to me, that would kind of lead, and I think the timeline lined up to where like he almost has to decline that player option and has to get a bigger contract because if he doesn't, then he owes his creditors a whole bunch of money. I don't know. I don't know who <laughs> bought that. Hey, do we yeah. have a follow? I mean, Spencer follows us on well, Twitter. I can DM him and see. But that's not really a cool look to be like, hey, how's your yeah. money? No, that's, that's not what we do here. More that's of, good. That's more of Paldry. how my father-in-law operates than <laughs> how I plan to operate with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. So we'll see. Good. Good. Um, shots fired at the father-in-law. Good. Um, <laughs> next up, Cherboy Matthew Abramovitz. Ooh, big fan of the show. Um, yeah, big fan. Long time. Uh, hey, guys, was wondering your take on this. What do you think is going to happen with DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen? Are they going to keep both of them going into the next season? Um, <clears throat> well, Mike, this one's been we've been talking we've been chopping this one up, haven't we? We have, and I think the reality is that that I've come to is that we're going to see Jared Allen next season because he's so flipping cheap, right? He's still on the last year of his rookie contract. We have you know all kinds of great rights that come from that in terms of being able to offer him you know basically the moon, for, right? Right, future contracts and all that good stuff, barring some whatever. BS with DeAndre Jordan. Um, so I think for my conclusion that I've reached is for the very short term, you are going to see Jared Allen next year. Um, just because I think that the 
the effectiveness of him and the the cost is is right enough that you you really don't risk trading it quite yet although everyone else will be looking at it as a, a juicy asset for the same reason um that said we have some issues here mike we have some big big issues <laughs> big personality issues yeah <laughs> big personality issues and this will i think be one of steve nash's early politicking hurdles that i'll be very very keen on seeing how he mitigates because um the problem with upsetting deandre jordan is that 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 kvetching potentially rolls uphill you know and that's <laughs> that's did i say that did i pronounce that, that was right beautiful Mike? that was beautiful um and and that's what you don't want to get into you don't want to be in a position where um you know you have a a, a person sowing discord in your ranks in, in uphill especially yeah you, an uphill you never want to have that you don't want it and uh and that's what you risk with not playing deandre jordan is his starter minutes that's where we're that's where we're at i guess yeah um, i i agree yeah. with you i think if i'm nash i'm going down my checklist of actual basketball things not just like hey can i connect personally with kyrie irving but true basketball decisions the jared allen deandre jordan piece is one of the most crucial because i still think you could have a pretty hefty center rotation i mean you just play those two guys you give jared allen 28 minutes and then you give deandre 20 right but and, and deandre could still be the starter and he could still be out there in kind of some crucial moments. And then you put Jared Allen back there in some crucial moments. I mean, really, the ultimate destiny for this team, particularly if they do get a semi-third star that is, uh, you know, a bigger wing, is Kevin Durant at the five and just not worrying about center ever. Yeah. And the real, like, I hate to do this sort of, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps argument, which I tend to never want to do, but... You know, there is a little bit of me that's like, all right, Jared Allen, you've seen the situation here. Why don't you make this an obvious decision for everybody? Like, why don't you help this just be obvious in a way that we can't ignore? You should be getting 35 minutes a game and DeAndre Jordan should get 10, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so let me ask you, if you're Steve Nash and you had just observed Kenny Atkinson getting fired and the very first game after Kenny Atkinson gets fired or excuse me, they mutually agreed to part ways. The first game after that mutual agreement, DeAndre Jordan gets moved into the starting lineup. And you also have the person who moved him into the starting lineup as your lead assistant coach, which is Jock Vaughn. Right. I, I like, do you then decide it's almost like if Joe Biden entered office and decided to tackle health care immediately, mm. like mm -hmm. he was there when he saw Obama tackle health care immediately. And it, as as great as Obamacare may be for some people, it it definitely slowed down what the administration could do in a bunch of different areas because it became such a nasty fight with Republicans. Do you, Steve Nash, go into your term of office and decide to wage the Obamacare fight again with this team? <laughs> or, or do you just say, you know what, DeAndre, you're the starter. You're going to get 24 minutes a game. Jared Allen, you're going to get 24 minutes a game. I'm going to decide where those minutes come besides you, DeAndre, starting, but you're going to get those minutes. Those are your guys' minutes. We'll start there and let's see how the season goes. And then I'm going to use Brian Egan's argument to Jared Allen. I'm going to whisper in his, his froed up ear and I'm say, Hey, Jared, pick up your bootstraps, prove to everyone on the team that you should be starting. Do that. Every time you go into the game, you should be a maniac defensively and prove that you're the guy you did prove it in Orlando. But Katie and Kyrie weren't playing in Orlando. So that though that valuable 
time that you had where you were kind of like a secondary ball handler on this team or secondary distributor. I need to see that like now, like while you're playing your 24 minutes. I still think, I think DeAndre is going to start. Well, DeAndre is really smart because he's adapting into a a very perfectly into an old man game that coaches really do enjoy and, and maybe worship oftentimes like an old man center who can actually still like be valuable and play and be a playmaker. DeAndre Jordan's figuring that stuff out. And, um, so he's making a case for himself, Mike. There's still some real value there. Yeah, and I think everyone, again, everyone upset over if DeAndre does start. It's still a good situation that your center rotation is DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. I mean, look at the Celtics. They have Tice and Time Lord and Anis Cantor. Like, Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan are better than all three of those guys. And, again, at the end of games, yeah, you're going to have DeAndre or Jared Allen in for defensive replacements, but... They're not going to be on the floor offensively if you're in a tight possession. It's going to be Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. That's your crunch time five. You're yeah. welcome, Steve Nash. The real interesting thing is going to be what what they do with Jared Allen long term. I mean, that's this season, I think. Yeah, but next season, I don't know. Mike. I don't know. That's a big that's a big bill to play for a backup center. That's correct. Um, next up. Sure, but and by the way, thank you to Morgan, thank you to Matt, thanks to everybody that wrote. If we if we don't get to you, I'm sorry. You know, we we'll get to you eventually. So, I mean, we got to Hal Hodes from May, so you know, we, we circle back. Um, Tyler Young says, "Hey, Mike, this one's for you specifically. Hope you, Sam, and the fam are doing well. Do you know this guy? Yeah, this is I know Tyler. Name? Tyler. Oh, Tyler went to Syracuse. He was around. He was our year, I think. Ah, He's a big fan of the it. show. And Tyler, I appreciate. We have we actually have LinkedIn conversations about the team." That is where we have our discussions about the team. Big shout out. Yeah. Big shout out. Um, question for you guys this week is, who says no? And yes, the salaries do match. New Orleans, 26 mil. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to lay out the players. He wants to trade with, he wants to do a big trade with the Pelicans. Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, Melly for Brooklyn's Karis, Spencer, Torian, Musa, and Rody, And picks of which... He doesn't know how many to part with. Um, who says no? This is a classic who says no, Mike. Um, people are horny for Drew Holiday. I've noticed this. People have been gushing about Drew Holiday um, more than I've ever seen. He's like He's 1997 just been, Pam Anderson. You know what yeah, I mean? The bell, just bell of the ball. That sweet spot. Barbed wire, uh, babe watch. Yes, P- Tommy so, Lee, right? KD's and and Tyler Young uh, mentions KD has spoken on pods about how he's one of the top defensive guys in the league is Drew Holiday, um, and then he mentions uh, JJ Redick has obvious connections living in BK, uh, KD being on his pod, Duke Kyrie combo, uh, which I hadn't thought about, but that's a good one, um, and Melly we've needed a stretch for forever, plus he'd be a nice fit next to DJ and Allen. Mike, who says no? Who says it? You tell me. Yeah, someone has to say no. Who's going to say it? I think the Nets say no. I think the Nets say no. I like the trade a lot, Tyler. It was very considered. What's interesting about it is Torian Prince is in it. And, you know, how? so one of the questions is how many picks get sent. I, obviously, because I would say no, I would only send one in that trade. And by getting rid of Torian Prince, that's actually a benefit to the team because his contract, even though Mark signed it immediately, um, has not 
aged all that well. I, my thing about JJ Redick is that I love him as a podcaster and I love him to be on my basketball team. But if I were going to pay Joe Harris, I don't know how many times I'm trotting out Joe Harris and JJ Redick on the floor together. It would be a fun, I mean, a super fun lineup is is the Kyrie, Joe Harris, J.J. Redick, Kevin Durant, and I guess you could put Drew Holiday out there too. And the, sh- the amount of shooting you have would be historic on the floor. So that's super fun. But your defense is going to basically be all on Drew Holiday to guard like three different people at the same time. And that's concerning. J.J.'s not a bad defender. Joe's not a bad defender, but they have limitations. Kyrie typically is, has not been a good defender. And KD is... A very interesting defender and at times one of the best in the NBA, but unlikely to be like shouldering the, the load like Kawhi Leonard. It's an interesting trade because you're going to get you're getting a lot. You're getting a lot of experience. You're getting some veteran savvy um, for the Pelicans. I could see why they would want to do it because you're just like you're just going super young. You turn Karras into Drew Holiday who's probably going to be off the team anyways. They probably don't even really care about having J.J. Redick at this point. I don't know. What do you feel when you look at that? And you th- you say the Nets could have Drew Holiday, JJ Redick, and Melly, and but they don't have Carousel Verdon Dinwiddie. I don't know. I, yeah, I my tough. feeling is like I, I just don't. <clears throat> a couple of things. So the contract doesn't totally line up. He's got a player option in twenty twenty one, meaning that if he doesn't pick that up and goes somebody somewhere else, we've traded guys who we would in theory have on contract then and and going forward for all of our competitive window. Not that we have to worry about that too too much because. Hopefully the appeal of playing with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant still applies in two years from now. Um, and we can just get anybody we want. Um, but there's that, but also it's just kind of like, it doesn't make, they do overlap a little bit Kyrie Irving and Jir holiday in a way that like, I, I would prefer it if our, if we didn't have so much redundancy in the playmaking world. I mean, I know that drew holiday is like sort of a more conservative style point guard traditionalist. Uh, and Kyrie Irving is more like, you know, looking for him, first and then like you afterwards. Um, but they did play, I mean, again, they played a lot of Kyrie Irving off the ball and stuff in, in Boston with like varying success and stuff. And it seemed like it was always kind of a difficult thing to figure out. Uh, I would like it if Kyrie just got good at, at doing the thing that would need to come naturally to a very good team, which is him leading an offense. That is the thing. And I think if we're constantly like throwing in knuckleballs at, at just that one very basic thing that he definitely can do and just needs to like, buckle down and do it at a championship level that he's done before. Like there you have it, you know? So I, my only, my like kind of reasoning is more of, of just basketball. Like why, why is that the guy when there's so many other like needs needs, I think that we, that we could point to. Yeah. I mean, I get the defensive component about drew holiday. That's huge. The contract right, though sure. is a big deal. Like you said, like, this is the Nets' one chance to make a big trade. Carousel Vert is a big trade chip. Spencer Dinwiddie's a pretty good one, and you have a bunch of first-round picks. And if you spend a first-round pick, Karras and Spencer, in one trade to get Drew Holiday, and then you're going to have to pay him the max. Let's say, like, they probably don't have to pay him the max that's next contract, but they're going to have to pay him, like, I mean, pretty close to it. That's a Then you're done. That's your team, and it's pretty damn good. It's top four in the NBA. Can I say something? I'm I'm not sold on Drew Holiday in that way. I know I'm. I, I don't th- with you. I'm with you yeah. defense. I'm defensively though. I I fine, but like you know, just in general, he's not a whole... spot up shooter the way that they would like. If you're an off ball guard, that he's gonna be. Not that Karras is a good shooter, not that Spencer is off ball, but if I'm putting in my assets for an off ball guard, he needs to be like Bradley Beal, good shooter. 
And and I want like and I hate to say this, but like he's been inconsistent. He's been elite, like you know, starting point guard or in elite territory in the last three years. But up until then, he was a you know he was averaging a very respectable like fifteen points on uh, a like on some variously okay teams. <laughs> like yeah. you know, it's not like he set the world on fire at any point. So I don't know. It's a lot of money to spend on a guy that I think is probably like that's pretty clear second tier and he should be declining right like he should be heading downward at this yeah point. he's 30 um but he's also yeah yeah anyways we can spend he's allegedly on one of the like good guy nba good guys right i'm sure he seems great yeah so um and he has a bunch of brothers and brothers are fun brothers are cool i'm just finding out that somebody put on his uh basketball reference a nickname of kung fu drew which i did not know which, which is a good is pretty awesome nickname yeah, bring okay, forget it. Um, bring on. one sec, let's go to a quick ad and then we'll finish Ooh. up with uh, emails. Hi, I'm Tas Mellis from No Dunks on the Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right. Hydration's back. All right. We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon-lime, put it in my water, and I get that energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks, with no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Promo code ATHLETIC. All right. What do we have left? So um, we've got two that are kind of the same um, in that they're about um, various questions about Steve Nash and how he's going to fill out his staff. Um, Love it. First up is Cheerboy Ben Freshman, a.k.a. Ben Fresh Prince, a.k.a. Ben Fresh Fish, a.k.a. Ben... Go get the balls out of the trainer's office, freshman. Uh, and he says, similar to how the Steve Nash hire was out of left field, if you had to choose an out of left field assistant coach hire for his staff, who would it be and why is it Phil Handy? I added the last part. Um, and it's not out of – somebody was crediting us. Somebody was saying that Phil Handy could be a, an elite assistant for the Nets, and you were somehow not cited on that. I, I don't know why. Yeah, uh, our boy Scoop, Scoop B. Robinson – uh, on Twitter, who's been, I don't know if you follow Scoop, but Scoop's, Scoop's one of the great basketball minds out there because he tweets like an insane amount and he's always putting up gifts. 
and good stuff. And he interviews like the biggest people. I love scoop. Uh, scoop talked about Phil Handy maybe like a week or two ago. And my thing is I was on that Phil Handy kick mm. uh, <laughs> pre-COVID, basically. Those were those were last night's people, okay? Yeah. We don't talk to them um, yesterday. So I've been on the Phil Handy kick. The the if you don't know the Phil Handy uh, autobiography yet, he he was a coach in Cleveland with Kyrie. He's incredibly close with Kyrie, or at least we're told he is. He's now in LA with the Lakers. He's been on the boardroom's Instagram. So that's a thing that we have to care about these days. I would be totally cool with Phil Handy. I mean, it's a little strange that like this is very uh, like Kentucky basketball where like an assistant coach is hired because he's the AAU coach of like a five star recruit. And just so they can get the five star recruit, it's like the only coaches that can be hired are friends of Kevin or friends of Kyrie. I So but I could see Phil Handy being here. We've heard about Royal Ivy who's a KD guy, possibly getting a role. I think he's with the Knicks or Thunder right now. I forget which team. Raja Bell, who played with Nash in Phoenix. Raja Bell. Mean was saying that that was, that was Steve Nash's ride or die. Ra- Raja Bell said on Bill Simmons' podcast that Nash reached out to him to see if he wanted to be an assistant coach and or come to Brooklyn in some way. And Raja said it wasn't right for him at that time, but... If you listen to Raja Bell speak for five seconds, you'll be like, oh, that's a smart guy. And I I always find that typically guys who are agitators in the NBA are usually the smartest people because they end up being like the media people like Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Those are pretty bright people that you good talkers, at least that you find at this point in their career. Uh, Barkley was an ultimate agitator. People maybe do forget. I don't know. Didn't he like kick a child? Yeah, he he yeah drop kicked a child. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I think Nash does present some interesting possibilities for assistant coaches because he's viewed basketball in a very different way. In our interview with Tim Kawakami, Tim mentioned you know, and I'm going to keep bringing this up that, and I remember this from Nash's playing days that Nash views basketball more like Tai Chi. It's there's a flow between all the living beings. It's sort of like the Avatar, the Navi. You know, there, there's the life tree and everyone's connected to it. And one, if one life is gone, then the next life gets affected by it. You know, it is like that on the basketball court for Steve Nash. Um, you know, there's been an interesting thing. So Jacques Vaughn has been up for some head coaching positions. Apparently he may get looked at in, in Chicago and he may get looked at in, wait, did they choose their coach in Chicago? I don't even know anymore. Um, he may get looked at in, in Indiana. I mean, I'm looking up Chicago Bulls head coach if they haven't picked one yet. I don't think so yet. Um, I love Jock Vaughn. Great that he's the lead assistant for the Nets. I think it makes a lot of sense. But if he got hired and left and then the Nets brought in like Alvin Gentry or even Mike D'Antoni, who I don't think Mike D'Antoni is going to get another job. If they brought in Mike D'Antoni, it was like, we're going to pay you $2 million a year to sit next to Steve Nash to just be baby Yoda, but like old Yoda. So just to be Yoda. You know, just to help Steve guide him a little bit, Steve's a team. Lawrence Frank, if you will. Yeah. What Lawrence Frank? A, a Lawrence Frank, if you will. Who yeah. looked like Baby Yoda? Grima um, Wormtongue. Yeah. Yeah, and the Lawrence Frank thing we all know with that, but like I could see that as a role possibility. I don't think D'Antoni would sit on a bench anymore if he's not the head coach. I could see him being a consultant, but I, I this staff needs you need like two guys who have done it, who have been yeah. a head coach. 
just you just do. It's like you need that experience in there. Maybe it's Mike Brown. Maybe Mike Brown comes over from the Warriors because he's just constant. He's, he's on the Warriors. And he's just there, and he's finally. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, nah, I had nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were running down. Well, I was going to say, it's your boy Jay Cruz filling in the gap for you. Says, could you see Dirk joining Nash's staff in the future, or his ties to Dallas too strong? Well, Mark Stein reported after Nash got hired that Mark Stein of New York Times reported that Nash did reach out to Dirk, but Dirk mm-hmm. said now's not the right time for me to be an assistant coach. But I do see some some Nowitzki sprinkles. Oh. Some Schwitzel coming to okay. Brooklyn and helping out KD. Really? A little consultant. Why couldn't Nash be, a, or why couldn't Nowitzki be a consultant? Now, I'm sure the Mavs would mm. want him to be a consultant. Maybe he already is for Dallas. But, you know, like Hakeem Olajuwon would go from team to team. Now, he wouldn't be a part of a team, but he would train, you know, multiple big men across multiple teams. Maybe Nowitzki wants to do that for Durant. He maybe sees a kindred spirit in Durant. And I think mm. Kevin Durant would respond quite well to Dirk Nowitzki, the big man. Brian, <laughs> I think that's our pod right now. Are we really going to record the next one? How you feel? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think I think we probably got to go. Let's 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 pack it in. Pack it in, big time tomorrow or Thursday maybe. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Glue Guys. If you would. Go on iTunes, five stars. We need them. We want to have them. We have to have them. Yes, it's a must. Um, And there's life on Venus. So we'll talk about that next time. Oh, well, thanks, everybody. Thank you, Mike, in particular.